Welcome to the Three Thirds Mike, One Third Scouts podcast. It is episode number 39 and I'm joined by my fellow Mr. Ross Smith and Mr. Simon Mann. How are we both? Very well, very well. How are you? Uh, not enjoying the climate? No. <laughs> the weather needs to make its mind up, doesn't it? <laughs> it's been horrendous. I, I, went, I was at, uh, when was it, school yesterday? And I was outside, and it was brilliant sunshine. And I took a kid in, spent 20 minutes inside, couldn't see a window, came back out, and there was massive hailstones on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea that that had happened. But I, mean, I just ever, thought this... Ever since we could get together, I mean, potentially now we, we, we could be inside, but I feel like the weather has drastically changed. I still don't think I've ever had ever had my eating on this late in the year. Yeah, we had we put the radiator on. Um, was it last night? Yeah. Yeah, we had ours on yesterday. It's nearly the end of May. It's going to be June soon. I still got yeah. the heating on. It's ridiculous. It's the old. Um, it's the old. Um, the old climate change. That's, that's not what the problem is. Yeah. yeah. We seem to have summer in at the end of Feb, and then. <laughs> Easter turns into autumn, and then we get a bit of summer in August, and then that's it. I was like, I've almost like I have a double climate. I'm surprised it's not going to be far off. I mean, it was, was it not snowing at Easter this year? Yeah. So, I mean, I'd say I, all I'm hopeful for is when the Euros start, the brilliant sunshine comes out, and these barbecues and standing in a busy crowd in Manchester. Well, that might not be happening now. Well, we'll I mean, blame Bolton, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just blame Bolton for everything. So, yeah, we'll see. What's anyone been up to this week, anyway? Um, been two weeks, haven't we? No. I went out for my first meal outside, <laughs> inside yesterday. I mean, the fact that everyone was very slow to answer <laughs> means it could be a slow, <laughs> slow, slow week. <laughs> Your first meal inside? Yeah. How was that? We went to Refuge, uh, which is sort of on Oxford Road. I don't know if you've been. I'd, I'd fully advise it. It's really nice. It's quite expensive as well, Refuge. Isn't it? Quite, quite expensive, yeah. But we've not eaten for a long time, so we thought, you know. And the other thing with Refuge... The, the things that come out are quite small, aren't they? Yeah, you have to order quite a few plates, yeah. But we... Yeah, they, they really know how to make the money, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, that, we'll, charge, we'll, we'll charge it a lot for a plate. Is it in a hotel or is, on, or, or is it on its own? So it is a hotel, apparently, yeah. yeah. But like the, sort of the ground floor is just like this, this restaurant. It's quite sort of nice inside. It is very nice inside, isn't it? I think, yeah. that's, where we had our, I think that's where we had our conference two years ago. So what, what was the nicest plate that you ordered? Well, poor, good question. But we had Oxdale Cheek, which didn't have very high hopes for, but like it's just thought, oh, a little bit different. Don't really see that very often. Did it? And that was that was sublime. I you know, really enjoyed that. I'd for a moment. Five plates of that in the future, I think. For a Any moment, I thought, you said, I thought you said Oxdale Soup, which I thought, it's <laughs> in a Heinz. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> paying six quid for that. 
No, no, yeah. You need to be having your cauliflower cheese, surely. That's... Well, not a big fan of cauliflower cheese. We did get some broccoli. No, in fact, the broccoli was quite nice. I'm not really a fan of broccoli, but um, well, they, they did a good job with that. But yeah, I mean, the whole the, the ambiance was good. The only issue was that the water bottle, she'd filled it, like, to the brim. So I tried to pour some, and then it, you know, like when a bottle's too full, and it, so it, it just went everywhere. It just sort of came down the water bottle, on the table, on the floor. And I'd only been there a few minutes, and it's, it's quite a nice place. You don't want to be making a scene. So they brought you over the special bib. <laughs> yeah, she had to get the blue roll out. <laughs> and the weirdest part. Of- what did you say? Sorry, I was. It was sort of pleasantly. I mean, it wasn't rammed, but it was sort of pleasantly busy. Yeah. The weirdest thing that happened to me when I out. Me and Claire went out for a curry in Chester once because we were staying there, and we sat down. We went in, and they had like, like a bar lounge area, that, and then you could see through to the restaurant. So we went in and asked for like a table for two, and then they. They sat us down at, in this bar lounge area, right? But on like with a coffee table in front of us, a really little coffee table, and then like on a sofa. And I was looking at Claire, thinking, "Is this where we're sat?" Because this is it. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I wanted to eat tea on my sofa, I could have ordered a takeaway. This, and then, and then once we sat there, they took our drinks, and then they came, and then they came over and asked for our food order while we're still sat at this. And I was thinking, this is going to be. Like, I'm sizing it up, you know, trying to get in a spot. Like, no knife and fork, but practicing with a knife and fork just to see how it's going to work. <laughs> and then eventually, like, they shout us over for our food. And when we got to the table, the food's already on the table laid out for you. Which I don't know if this was, like, they're thinking that was great service. I thought, I don't know no idea who's touched this food before <laughs> I got there. But then after we'd finished... uh uh, the weirdest thing that happened, a man came over with a, the teeny tiniest dustpan and brush and swept the table up of all the crumbs and all the rice. Which oh, the dustpan and brush. Yeah, but it was like, it, as if like it had been, it was some kid's deed. Oh, hello? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> no, I lose you guys. Or do you like? Do you guys lose me? No. The, the dustpan and the dustpan and brush ended it. <laughs> Go on, you were saying the dustpan and brush. <laughs> Did you think we couldn't hear him again? I thought he came back. <laughs> Yeah, I thought he came back. Oh, oh back here now. he is. There we go. This phone, tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> You've had a bad few months with phones. You came back and then you just went again. Oh, because I couldn't hear you. Oh, all right, okay. I tell you, it's my Wi-Fi. As soon as I connect to Wi-Fi, everything goes. I have to stay on the 4G. Good job I've got 100 gig. <laughs> My phone, every time, my phone, when you know, like, it gives you a data warning of how much data you've used. Yeah. 
it warns me on I've used two gig, and I think, do you not no, know? I've got, 90, I've got yeah, 98 more gig that I can use. Like, I'm in, I'm in, no, that's not a time to warn me at two gig. <laughs> it's a bit premature. Warn me in, when I've got to 50 or 60, then I might be worried. Anyway. Just, I'm, just going back to the, 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 what you were talking about before. About about three or four years ago, I think we we went to CGI Fridays in Presswich, um, and I think we we'd gone out with uh, we'd gone out with Ashley's family, and I don't I don't really know how this happened, but and we were either as I was getting up to go to the toilet or we we'd finished a cat and ball, and I got up on a, a the the light the light fittings were really low, and I remember knocking the light fitting, and the light bulb fell out <laughs> and smashed all the table. <laughs> And I was Are like, I'm, I'm just looking around going, have I, I just done that in my head? But it wasn't like, I didn't get up and like, clatter it. Like, it was like a ringing a, um, banging a gong or anything like that. I just knocked it, it just fell out, and then the glass went all over the table. Well, if my guy from Chester would have been there, he would have been on it with his <laughs> brush. <laughs> he's in the wrong restaurant. Yeah. What he's waiting for. Needs to follow you around. I'm sure, surely it doesn't matter how well you brush it, you're going to have to wipe it down afterwards, aren't you? I mean, I did think Definitely. it was bizarre. I mean, what I, this day, but what I thought afterwards was, how, like, messy are people eating that they've actually gone, this is something we need to be doing now, regular. <laughs> like, we have, we have to have a special dustpan and brush for this, otherwise <laughs> it's just getting out of hand. We not just get sauce stuck in his in his dustpan or his brush. No, or look, I didn't question it. I was three or four <laughs> cobras in by that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're in the sofa area, so was there a lot of sofas? Were there a lot of couples sat on sofas? No, what? no, no, I, no. The restaurant was empty. There was no reason for us to be waiting in this lounge area. <laughs> okay. That's what confused me even more because there was <laughs> there was loads of two seater tables around. <laughs> And it's not like it filled up, filled up immediately after. They could have quite easily gone and sat us at our table straight away. And we didn't wait any longer. We didn't say, oh, we'll want our order, but give it half an hour. Yeah, we're just going to have a drink first. Yeah, it was none of that. We just <laughs> went in for the normal restaurant experience. It, it, was, it was, yeah, it was just odd. I'd say the other special thing, what, the, what I always remember about that trip to Chester... The day we arrived on the Saturday, uh, it was when uh, Makeda scored that goal. You know where he turned? Oh, yeah, again, yeah. So we oh, arrived. Yeah, yeah, we arrived, and I stuck the football on straight away for the romantic weekend away. And then I w- that set me up for the weekend. Then I was very happy. Still and to be fair, that was the highlight of Makeda's career, wasn't it? So yeah, exactly, seeing. exactly. So, I rather excitingly today, uh, I got to go to another school today. Oh? Yeah. Well, what was it, the reasons behind that? They needed some advice. So, Mr. Smith, <laughs> behaviour extraordinaire, went to the rescue. <laughs> it's mental going around other schools. So I'm so used to the way our school does things. <laughs> Anyone does anything slightly different. <laughs> Just puzzled by it. So were you on your own in terms of? No, I went with someone else. Oh. So there was, there was two from that. Well, I could have gone on my own, but I said I didn't want to <laughs> because I was a bit nervous. So I got back up, and yeah, it was nice. So what were you like speaking to groups of people you've never 
just one. Yeah, just one teacher. Never met her. Like I, this is why I thought it was a bit weird, just me going on my own, because the person they've been emailing someone else from school. So I thought if they've been talking to someone else all this time, then I just rock up. It's a bit odd, isn't it? It's and how receptive was she when when you explained to her she, everything she was doing wrong and how? <laughs> uh, she came away like at the end of the at the morning. She said, uh, well, it looks like I've got a w- lot of work ahead of me. I said, yeah, sorry, you probably have to be <laughs> 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 I mean, I she's, just sat there. She's, just, she's just sat there for an entire morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I enjoy it. It's nice to be out. It's like being a day release from prison. <laughs> Would have been great at the at the end if she'd just gone. I'll be honest, mate. I'm not going to bother with any of that. It's <laughs> <laughs> your time, but you're yeah. <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. I don't need more paperwork. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you were, I mean, if you were on, if you, I mean, if you were, I mean, if you were touring schools of uh, of North Manchester, then I, I would like to think you you had your podcast T-shirt on. She might have. She might have picked up on uh, asking more questions about the podcast. Then. And, uh, well, no, because I was going to school, I stuck uh, a polo shirt on just to try and look semi-professional instead of the uh, scruffy thing that I do look turning up to work. I'll have to, I'll have to put some, I'll have to put pin badges down on the merch list. <laughs> if I get, uh, if I get a school business card, I'll have one side for school, one side. For oh yeah, there we go. I'll tell you what else I did, actually, now thinking back about it. Do you remember in the first lockdown when I bought my £100 board game? Oh, yeah. Finally played it. Ah. Who is? Who was the lucky competitor? My brothers played with me. So they came round. Um, so we played. And I'll tell you what. I, I arranged it five days before, five or six days before we actually played it. Every single night for that five or six days, just to get ready to play, I put in about two or three hours worth of prep. Every single night. <laughs> every night? Every night. No, no joke. This board, game should, this board game should be paying you, not the other way around. <laughs> hours, I spent. It got two or three days in. I realised that I needed... I had to spend more money on it to organise everything. If I had to spark oh, out of the It's like a... <laughs> like a dodgy investment, though. <laughs> <laughs> and then so, we, what, we just read, reading up on strategy. What what were you doing? No, I was reading the rule book's like fifty pages. So I was reading the rule book, and then I was watching videos of the rules being explained because, like, it doesn't come across on paper very well. And then I was just organizing everything. And then I spent when I bought these organizers, they were flat pack organizers, so I had to glue them all together with PVA glue. So that took. <laughs> A fair few hours. Oh, it was just... I mean, when you had to play a, a, an induction video for Matthew and Garrett <laughs> to play this board game, how interested were they? <laughs> well, Matthew really wanted to play it, so he watched the video straight away. Gareth wasn't so keen, but then he ended up doing quite well at the game. I mean, the, I'll tell you what the annoying thing was. We played this game, and obviously you, you, you can only play the first scenario before you can move on to anything else. If you don't complete it, you've got to play it again. We got within one turn of winning and we lost. So we played for two hours, got so close to 
Oh, so were you playing? You were playing together, not against each other. Yeah, you all play together. Yeah. Yeah, I think you said it was a, like a cooperative thing rather than a. So yeah, so it's yeah, twelve hours of prep, and then we played it for two hours of wasted time. Really. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you not just pretend that you had got it and then move on to the next stage? Yeah, but then you're cheating yourself, aren't you, Simon? Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but if but if is it like is it like when you play like a normal platform game that you go you get to the you get to the bit where you could change the turn at the end. You're ninety five percent of the way through, so you, you you know what to do next time you play it. So playing oh, the first we, scenario again, really, yeah, we should be able to get it first time next time. But yeah, yeah. So it's it, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to say I really enjoyed it. And I, I still mo- can't. Money well spent then. Well, uh, at the minute, it's working out fifty pound an hour to play it, but. <laughs> I've got to get a few more hours in before it becomes valuable. <laughs> I mean, how how big is the setup? I'll send you a. I, I, so I took a picture of it all set up, uh, and I'll send you a picture after. But it took up my whole my so my my six foot dining table had no space left on it. All oh, right, so this is not something you could bring to the pub. We could play in the pub. Oh <laughs> no 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 no! You have to hire a room. You could actually have just got specific bits, but yeah. Oh no, you've got to take the full experience. In. Oh yeah, don't be, don't be don't, don't, don't be shortchanging me with the old beta version or whatever it is. Yeah. Don't be bringing just thirty quid worth of book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, honestly, I've never, I've never, well, I've never tried that hard to do anything in my life. I don't, I don't even think I spent that much time on my dissertation at uni. <laughs> Anyway, so what are we talking about then tonight? Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, the conundrum that is Harry Kane and, and will he stay or will he go? Um, it was nice that um, um, Gary Neville was the one that did the interview. I'm sure he was. Uh, I'm sure he was maybe bending his arm about which club that he might want to sign for. Well, um, you know. I think this the big. I didn't know Gary Neville had this kind of channel thing going until that no, interview. No, did I know? It slipped right under the radar. So I mean, I started watching. It's quite, it's quite good to watch actually. There's a lot of decent videos on there. All that he played golf, for that matter. Gary Neville must have more hours in the day than I do. I don't understand. He can't be living on the same calendar that we're living on. Because he, he, he gets up incredibly early every day, doesn't he? I think he gets up at five o'clock, doesn't he? For no reason. Yeah, and his only late night is on Monday nights, isn't it? So he must go to bed <laughs> at he must just go to bed at normal time the rest of the week. Um so yeah, so we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about the end of the Premier League season. So uh, the only thing really to be um decided is top four. So we will talk about that. Uh, and then we will finish um with um well, I said the the biggest boxing story of the week, probably the, the biggest boxing story of, of the last two years almost, uh, with um, the Anthony Joshua uh, and Tyson Fury news. And we will update you all on that. So we'll have a quick break. Uh, we'll come back uh, and we'll start to discuss um, Harry Kane. Welcome back to the Three Thirds Mike One Third Scouse podcast. And the number one topic this week is, of course, Harry Kane and will he stay or will he go? Um, so, obviously, Spurs this 
year. Um, I've not had the greatest season. Uh, very much Mourinho-old um, up until uh, the last few weeks. I've lost another cup final this year um, in the League Cup to Manchester City. Um, so, Simon, how how do you think this is all going to play out? Do you think um, do you think he will end up staying, or do you think he, do you think this is it? If he doesn't go now, he's never going to leave. I, I don't know. I think there's so many variables. I mean, the thing is, not only have they had a bad season, but they're also in a place where you look at that squad and you think they're a long way away from things getting much better. You know, it's not like, oh, they're building something. This is a transitional season where they've got like a, a load of young players that are sort of coming through. You think, oh, next year they might be better. You know, they've got a team you think next year they'll probably finish in the same position in the league tie, league race anyway. So I can completely understand why he wants to leave. I think he's 28 now. He must be sort of looking at the... You know, in that sort of, he's, you know, he's got a few years of being like an elite level player left, and he wants to make the best of his career. You know, take the best options he's got. I just, I think there's a lot of variables. He's still got quite a lot of time left on his contract, so he can't really force his way out. There's talk of some sort of gentleman's agreement with him and Daniel Levy that he might let him leave, but <coughs> you know, that's that's worth the paper it's written on, I guess, isn't it? And, well, that's assuming that, uh, that Daniel Levy is. So. Well, yeah, and and then it's sort of the who's going to come in, you know, how much money do they want, and who's going to be prepared to pay for it. I I feel like there's so many variables. Um, so it's, it's hard. I think my if I had to like make a bet, I, I mean, I don't know. My, if I had to make a bet now, I'd say he will still be at Spurs next season. How, how do you see? How do you two see it? Well, I'll ask the question before going to... Where would you rank him in terms of world strikers at the minute? Hi. A golden boot winner uh, at the last World Cup. There's a fair chance, you know, know, the Euros this summer where he could do well. Proven Premier League goal scorer for a few years now. So who are we saying is ahead of him? Lewandowski? You mean of that, of that of that nine ilk, you mean, rather than playing across the you, rather across the forward line, you're at, like you're talking about yeah, an out and out and out number nine, yeah. So many you're gonna are you gonna play? You can play there and nowhere else. Like Lewandowski plays there, and nowhere else. Yeah, put, Harland plays there and nowhere else. And then mm. uh, would you back take out? Would you count him back there? Or well, yeah, you probably would because he can play there. But aside from them three, who else is really above Harry Kane? As well, Benzema's had a good season. Would you take him over Harry Kane? No, I'd I'd have Harry Kane ahead of him. So, so we say we're saying he's fourth or fifth, then? Yeah, so he's in the top five. Yeah. So then, my part you saying about not about who could afford him? if you're looking for, if you if you've got an opportunity to buy the fourth or fifth best striker in the world, a club's just not going to be crying out to do that, considering how hard great goal scorers are to come by. I think two seasons ago, I think I think he I think it was definitely a seller's market. I think I think this this season this post season, I think it's definitely a uh, it's it's definitely a buyer's market. I think that there's there's no he won't come out. I don't think you'll. I, I think Neville talked about this when he when he done this this interview. I think um, I mean Kane even talked about himself being valued at 100 million. And I thought that was very very odd for him to have said that. Um, and then I think Gary Neville said I think it'll start with a two. And 
I don't I don't know if it will. I, d- I don't I don't know if somebody will ultimately pay two hundred million pounds for that. I, d- I don't I don't know. I don't necessarily think he's worth. He's, like, he's twenty eight. He's got bad angles. He's twenty seven. Yeah. Oh, is he? <laughs> but he's got Makes bad all angles. the difference. <laughs> yeah. His injury record in the last few years has, has not been has not been brilliant. I mean, and, and you consider that, and yet he still scored twenty two goals this season. So obviously, that he, he's still a world class striker. There's, there is no getting away from that. But unless there's unless there's a team that are prepared to to go out and get him, and then throw kind of throw their other plans away, because there was almost there was always talk this season of will he stay, will he go, but a lot of teams will have been like, well. It's a lot of money to just go. Well, actually, we'll we'll ditch our plans that we've got. I mean, it, we'll t- Manchester City. I, I think Manchester City probably is likely destination. Guardiola said what a few few weeks ago that he wasn't that they weren't after a number nine. They weren't going to replace Aguero. But then all of a sudden this changes, and all of a sudden City don't really does City really need anybody else? City crying out for another central midfielder or another central defender or another wide player. They kind of need a number nine really. So that's their number one option. United's option, probably another centre half, maybe Jaden Sancho. Do United then give up on Sancho to sign Kane? Or... I, well, I mean the the thing going just going there isn't like there isn't that many clubs out there. There's plenty of clubs who need a world class centre forward, but then there's plenty, there's not very many clubs out there who need a world class centre forward who can actually go out and spend the kind of money that probably Daniel Levy would want to get a world class centre forward. Because Barcelona need one, but they aren't, they're in all kinds of debt. Yeah. Real Madrid, they've got Benzema, haven't they? But, and and they, also no money. They, 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 well, they spend yeah, all exactly. their money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Barcelona, Barcelona are getting Depay on a free, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. that's, yeah, that's uh, their, their current transfer and ambitions. The, yeah. And Sergio Aguero on a free as well. Oh, yeah. Um, but then PSG, well, they're the only other one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're the only other realistic, like, big hitters. Because, well, Bayern. Are Bayern going to go for him with Lewandowski? No, I don't think so. No, no. I don't, and I don't think PSG will. I think PSG are happy with Neymar and Mbappe if they can keep all of them. The only other rumour I've heard today is that apparently Chelsea are, are going to put in a bid of £10 million plus Timo Werner and Tammy Abraham. Which... Well, I think Chelsea would really make sense for for him and for them, in so much as they they desperately need a goal scorer. You know, this summer they've got to decide: is you know has Werner just had a bad season and he'll score thirty goals from next season, or is he a ten goal a season kind of player? Um, and they always see you know Abramovich always just seems to have money and is, is you know not afraid to splurge money on things. And it would allow Kane that Kane could carry on living in London. I don't know how important that is to him, but the one I think he wants to stay in the league, doesn't he? I think that's what he's that's what he said. Um, he wants to stay in the Premier League, but I, I mean, mean, I think only, it makes I think it makes sense for him to stay in the Premier League, considering he's so close to Shearer's goal tally. I think he's the only one likely, really, in the next. Well, yeah, I think he's is he ninety five goals off, and realistically, if he moved to a top top team. He could get that in three, four seasons, couldn't he? So it does make sense for him to to do that. 
And then, I mean, but, the pressure, the, the pressure, I'm just going to say, the pressure on the top six boards has, has changed since the, the Super League fallout. I mean, one way that a lot of boards could get fans back on side is to invest a, a bit more money than they probably would normally have done two months ago. Now, whether or not that remains to be seen or not, I don't know, but... I thought, the other thing, like, we've not mentioned, obviously, United need a centre forward. Cavani has obviously just signed a one-year contract extension. Do you think United would go in for him, Simon? Now they've signed Cavani on a one-year deal? Or do you think uh, they yeah. kind of nailed the colours to the Cavani mast and that's kind of got well, a couple of chances for Kane? As you touched upon, I think you know United are probably aware that they need a long-term solution. You know, Cavani will be there for the next season, but you, know, you need a long-term solution to who's going to be your, your first-choice striker. Your options are hope that Martial comes good, which I think, you know, I think that ship probably sailed. Hope that Mason Greenwood, you know, in a year's time, maybe he's the person they want to back to step up, or you're going to have to buy someone in. And as you touched upon earlier, how often is one of the world's top number nines available to buy? So, I mean, there's an element to which if they think... Harry Kane's the guy, and they think they've got no chance of getting Haaland. I, so I, 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 part of the problem with Kane is I think a lot of these big clubs are, are, are still thinking maybe we could get Haaland. And in a way, that's probably first choice for a lot of clubs would be Haaland. Um, so, you know, are, are United still going to hold out for it? You know, maybe sign Jaden Sancho, get by with Cavani and try and sign Haaland next summer. But I think he would make, I think he could. Really well at United. I think he'd be a, a sort of someone who, who would really fly at United if he could start uh, for. Like yeah, I, I, for me, the why I would think it makes more se- from a from a, purely from a close point of view. I think it makes more sense for United to go after Cade and City to go after Haaland than the other way around because I think United squad is quite. Not inexperienced, but it hasn't got a lot of. Well, let's, Harry Kane's not a winner, but it hasn't got a lot of that kind of. It's got, it's mid, got a lot of mid ground. Yeah, mid ground kind of 20, 27, 28 players. They've got young players, or they've got some old players. They've not. They've not got anyone who's been around for five, six seasons, seen it, done it in the Premier League. So I think we kind of need someone of that, that that age really. Whereas if you go for Haaland. He's still what 21, 22, which for the future is great, but for the here and now to get us back into where oh, we're going to be, I, I don't know. There's much difference. I think if I had, if I had to choose, forget the ankles for now. If I had to choose between them two, I'd, I'd go Haaland every day because I don't think the yeah, money. But... I don't think the money will be massively different. And you've ultimately signed. He could be. How how, how long did you say? How um, old was Rooney when you signed Rooney? Eighteen. Yeah, but I but Rooney Rooney and Haaland are completely different types of football. No, they are. Ha- yeah, but ha- Haaland's not very actually good at link-up play. Whereas Kane, I think Kane suits United down to a T in terms of the fact he drops off and then you've yeah, got but you the don't quick because you've got Fernandez. You just yeah, want but it adds to give the space, the, doesn't it? You need somebody to give the ball to Haaland, i.e. Fernandez. You've got Rashford on one on one one side. You've got Greenwood on the other, or somebody yeah. else on the other. Yeah, but if you've got everyone running the same way, that's why that's why Fabinho works for Liverpool, doesn't it? Because he drops off and then allows that space for Mane and Salah to run into. Yeah, but that, but we don't necessarily have a 
Fernandez sat behind. You won't really have that much of an attacking midfielder that sat behind. No, uh, but I'm saying you still need to bring the centre out out to create the space to run into. Otherwise, you're all running one way, and then you just yeah, no, not... just drop off and drop off and drop off. I don't know. I think I've, I've got, I mean, I've, one, I think one of the I've problems with Haaland is that United don't like dealing with Mino Raioli. No, Haaland's agent, and they've been quite vocal about the fact that they really don't want to, have to deal with him as you know, basically as little as possible. I mean, don't I mean the Pogba situation. I mean, that's, this, so, there's just so many sort of spinning plates with this, isn't it? I mean, every club is kind of, you know, in many ways, what Manchester United's transfer policy this summer is probably going to be in part dictated by what happens with Pogba. You know, if Pogba leaves, then suddenly you've taken a lot of off your wage bill and you're in the market to sign some big-name players to try and, you know, because you want, you want to sign big-name players and have that sort of profile at the club. If he signs a contract extension, then maybe you're thinking something else. So I mean, there's like there's so many spinning plays. I mean, Liverpool need a top striker, but I, just, I don't see them having the money to to stump up for for someone like Kane. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't necessarily think that we'd have them. We'd have the money to, to to spend in order to be able to buy him. I think that there's there's a need to buy a, a centre half and. Um, I, don't, I, I honestly don't know who else we're, we're probably going to get. There's probably a need to bring in a, probably another midfielder with um, Vinealdum leaving, but I don't necessarily think that they might sign a striker. They, they sign a striker, they're not going to pay. That, that I wouldn't have thought they'd pay it with a fifty million pound for one. If uh, Ross, if it comes to it, Daniel Levy, he's like you know he's got a price in his own head, like hundred twenty million plus price. No one's prepared to pay it. We get to the end of the summer. Kane's still at, at Spurs. What do you think happens next season? If, if you know if Kane can't force this move out, do you think he'll down tools in the way Alexis Sanchez did, or do you think he'll just get on with it? And uh, well, I think no. I think I said it a few weeks ago. I don't think Kane's that guy. I think I think he's doing saying the right things, like to kind of keep people on his side at the minute, isn't he? Set like. He needs to have an honest conversation with the chairman. He needs to say this and he needs to say that. He's kind of being like he's he had that that clip that goes around. What is it? If I've not won a trophy in three years, then I have to think about the future. And he's at that point now. So I I honestly don't think he would because I think I think he still has his own personal goals that he wants to achieve, like getting the Premier League uh, goal record from Shearer. So I think it's in his interest to to keep playing and keep performing in a way that if he, if say Levy becomes an absolute stubborn, what like he can be, and he keeps Kane tied to this six year contract. And then that's three years. If he downstills next season, then that's three years that Spurs have got Kane doing nothing. Then that's three years of his career where he's had not had a chance to do anything either. And then he like in that interview with Gary Neville, he's saying he wants to, he wants to become he wants to be considered as one of the best alongside like Messi and Ronaldo in terms of the numbers that he's putting out. And he say he said he sets himself goal targets, 50, 60 goals a season. So I think for his own personal pride, he will carry on playing. I don't I think I think the fact he's so close to that record will keep him going. But I don't know what what do you think? Yeah, well, it just occurred to me the other reason Liverpool wouldn't go for him, of course, is they've got a proven goal scorer in Allison already there. Absolutely. <laughs> 
And it's, it looks, it looks like, if anything, it looks like that it, we'll get Mbappe because Zidane's going to leave. He ain't going to Madrid. So I'm keeping my, I'm keeping my hopes on uh, Mbappe. But I don't really want to be funding. Well, I suppose if Kane goes to PSG, it doesn't really make any difference. But um, just talking about the Kane's PSG thing, if, if he is, if Daniel Levy does dig his heels in and go, look, I'm not going to sell you to another English club, then would he not be wise to go, well, maybe I'll go and play for Pochettino for a couple of years and then in a couple of years' time I could come back to the Premier League, still have more than enough more than enough seasons in me to, to get the record um, from Shearer, but actually I'll have been out of the league and former Tottenham player or no former Tottenham player. Um, I think he's, I mean, he, although he's, he's clearly sort of driven to get these sort of personal goals, I think he'd rather sort of win the Champions League than become the Premier League top goal scorer. Yeah, oh, no. he wants to win trophies, doesn't he? Yeah, I think that, you know, if it comes to it, I think he'd be quite happy to go to PSG. I think part of the problem is, it's one of those things that he's obviously, everyone would accept he's one of the best strikers in the world. Golden boot winner of uh, the World Cup. But he's just, he's not sort of sexy, is he, as a sort of, I think, you know, PSG like these really massive sort of name, sort of Neymar-level names. Yeah. Mbappe. He's very marketable, aren't they, Neymar? Yeah. And I don't think Kane isn't quite like that, I don't think. Well, I mean, even in this this country, you don't see him around advertising things, do you? You don't see him as the face of... As an England captain as well. Yeah, you don't see him as the face of Nike or the face of Adidas or the face of whatever brands. I mean, you see, and he doesn't—he doesn't score see, many spectacular goals either, does he? He just scores a lot of goals, but he's not like pinging them in from wherever. I think he's got a couple of long-range efforts in the last couple of seasons, hasn't he? But yeah, he's not. I don't know. I know. I know exactly what you mean. Uh, like it's almost like Son's the one that scores the goal, the the like the spectacular goals for for Spurs. I, I, I don't know. I think I think Kane's marketability went down when he did that uh, video where was it in the Champions League when he wasn't playing? And he went, "Yeah, come on!" Yeah, you know, but he's in front of his TV. I think everyone thought, "Oh, come on, Harry, you you've lost it now." I don't know. Actually, I think he will end up leaving because I think, I, I think I think I think one of the big things why I think he will leave is because the pandemic's happened. Spurs have lost a lot of money. They've got this stadium to pay for. He's going to make. He's, he's going to provide a big cash injection. There's a lot of areas that need improving, and depending on who they get in, they're going to have to do in some way to back the back the manager to get. I mean, to get the I'm going to say to get the fans on side, like selling your star players, a way to get your fans on side. But the joining the Super League, fans aren't happy with what was going on and this and that. So. But something's got to give because they can't they can't say we'll keep Kane but we're going to spend nothing on the rest of the squad and they're stuck with Tanganga at right back and Dyer and Alderweireld at centre half again. There's a lot of areas that need improving, aren't they? So, I mean, what I will say as well is, I mean, Liverpool's track record isn't great in this up until probably the last three or four years, but Spurs' track record of, of, of spending um, a world record. Um, transfer fee when Bale went to Madrid didn't work out particularly well, did it? No, I'm not sure that seven players um, is what kind of what is well. I suppose Spurs probably need probably seven players more now than they needed them um, when Bale left. But yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I don't know who 
And, and who and who at the minute is going to come in? Who would go and play for Spurs at the minute with them when they don't? That stadium's amazing. It, was, it looks absolutely fantastic, but they don't have a manager at the minute. And I think that's probably from Kane's part of view. Is he doesn't really know what's going to happen next season. I mean that this Spurs team were top of the league. Not, I mean, not not forget that. I mean, in De- in December, I mean, by hook or by crook, and all right, a few other teams were having pretty poor seasons, but they didn't get into the top of the league just before just before Christmas. But I mean, just... I think we said it a few weeks ago. I bet Kane sat at home every single night looking at that contract he signed, and thinking, "What the f- did I do?" Six years seems like a long time, doesn't it? Dude, how much is he on? They say lucrative, don't they? But I can't imagine Spurs' wage budget is actually like lucrative in terms of what you think. What, but, maybe but I think 150, he, 200 grand? I can't see it. I can't see him being on 200, but he must be on 150. Plus. He, he must be the best played player there, surely. But I think yeah. that when... Because he'd said that whenever he... Because part of the, the little bit of the interview that I've seen with Neville, he, he did say that like whenever he spoke to Levy and stuff, like he looked after him. Like, I think he was... He, he still had a couple of years, maybe three years left on his original contract that he'd signed and he, before he signed this six-year deal. So they renegotiated his contract and gave him a, well, basically gave him a, a, um, a retirement for the, for the money he was going to be on for the next six years. But at the same time, he would have said, well, I want to win some trophies as well. So I don't know. I, I, th- I, think, I, I think once these conversations start, um. I think it will take something really special to keep him there for another season. I think that it goes back to the... Um, did, Ren- did Ronaldo say that he wanted to leave before he actually left? Or yeah, Ren- Ronaldo stayed a season. Yeah. yeah, Ronaldo stayed a season. But that was a, that's a, was a different... It was really for a different reason, but, wasn't it? And it then that's more... again, if you like, you speak like... Well, not, you speak to Ronaldo. I say as if I'm on the phone to him every weekend. <laughs> yeah. When he was up to him. Yeah, but he, he says that like Fergie was like a father figure to him, doesn't he? So like the re- whole yeah. relationship and reason for staying is completely different, isn't it? Whereas like that, there's right no one there now. A brother figure to. Yeah, there's no one there now for Kane, is there? To say like you couldn't stand it if Pochettino was there and he was still kind of doing things, but there's no one that he's he's got like a close attachment to, is he? That you would say this is the reason why he's going to stay. He's going to give his all for that one season. Yeah, so I just think he'd be really clever to just go to PSG for a couple of years, and then he can go. He, I'm, I'm, there's no, I don't think there's any any way he could. Um, that there, there isn't going to be an, another Premier League team that isn't going to want him. I don't think that. I don't think that would ever be an issue. Not especially not while he's if he's potentially still England captain. But the, teams might change their mind. He might have. He might have a great Euros. He might score ten goals, win the Golden Boot again. England might win the Euros, and somebody decides that they can't afford to to not have him next season. Yeah, but surely, I mean, it will just drag out all summer this. But, you know, Daniel Levy doesn't, it always goes this way with Spurs whenever they're selling anyone and it'll, it'll hold out for the highest fee and then... Yeah. I mean, what what we don't want is a complete distraction from the Euros because yeah. if he doesn't get started before he goes, then the last thing you want is Kane turning up and not scoring any goals. And this just being a constant rumbling on of... Um, a, a player, a player leaving it. It'll just be, it'll, it'll just put a real damp squid on the on the summer if that happens. The other so, thing from from uh, Levy's part of view is he needs to get whatever that whatever is happening with Kane sorted quite quickly because, like you say, Shadow, they've not got a they've not got a manager in place. So no. any manager coming in will want to know exactly what's going to happen with Kane, whether he is yeah. going or staying. So they 
they know exactly what the project is before they come and take it. Because if, if they come in thinking Kane's staying and then Levy sells him, you've all of a sudden got a big problem with the new manager that comes in. So, well, who 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 take who has that Spurs job? I mean, what I mean, we I mean, we've not even really spoke about it too much. But I mean, who's gonna who if even if Kane was to stay, he's probably going to only go to be for a season. Who is going to want that job? Graham well, Potter, isn't it? I'd take it if. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you well, want to pay me a Premier League well, manager's up, wage, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. I mean, well, surely you want you wouldn't want to go there and be getting paid less than Harry Kane because you'd that completely undermine your authority, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah, and I've, uh, let's be fair, I've got four years' experience on Ryan Mason. Yeah. <laughs> and you've done that so, behavioural thing with that skill today so exactly yeah. used to going out and figuring out <laughs> <laughs> institutions problems but you don't think Ryan Mason's going to get it full time surely no, no not not he's been crap hasn't he let's be honest not done anything to deserve it so no, it'd be interesting it'll be the story that rumbles out and it will rumble on but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Where do you um? If you had to stick colours to the mast now, uh, Ross, where do you think you'll be at the end of this transfer window? Sitter. What about you, Cheddar? Yeah, I probably would. I, I would. I probably would have said City. I think for for a point of difference, I'll say PSG, but I don't think it'll be Spurs. All right, I'll say. I'll say. Well, I'll say United or Spurs. I'm going to say United. I just think, yeah. Yeah. At the expense of Sancho or as well as? I think I think I think Sancho, yeah. I think as well as Sancho. Well, I'd big some of that for United. And Varane. Well <laughs> you know what I'd like you just to, I, you know I I've kind of moved towards I prefer like if if this was our marquee signing, Declan Rice. I'd I'd like him to be our big signing this summer. No, you wouldn't. Surely not. Yeah. I, I think Fred's kind. Of, I think Fred's kind of reached a limit. Oh yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah, and we like. I used to kind of think, oh well, like at the start, I was like, oh, Fred's terrible. Then he went for a patch where he thought, no, Fred's all right actually. He runs around a lot, but he keeps making the same mistake over and over again. I just think we need to improve that that defensive midfield area. Quite like Declan Rice, English. Improving all the time. Sign the entire England team. You play Raheem still <laughs> off the right as well. <laughs> Don't want Raheem. Well, and, and Ross, presumably you'll have us going back in for Grealish. I mean, we should have done that last year, shouldn't we? But <laughs> hey, you can't all, all have the foresight like I do, can you? <laughs> <laughs> this is the sort of thing you're offering Spurs this kind of insight isn't it but oh, I tell you what I mean that that Jack Grealish that was only off one season of football manager I'll just wait till the new one comes out play that and I'll tell them exactly who to buy <laughs> so the race for the top four Cheddar I'll tell you what I love football sometimes it's exciting <laughs> isn't it I've not, I've not I haven't said that many times this season like I said, twelve games ago, I would have, twelve games ago, I would have given anything for the league to have finished. But so, um, talk us through. With five, five in the eighty-fifth minute, who were Liverpool playing when you were one all? Uh, West Brom. West Brom. Five minutes to go. You send a you send a message to the group to our group. 
no chance we're scoring here. Yeah, I thought I, I, I'd given up. I, I, well, I'd give I'd, to, against my better judgment. Um, I'd sent that message thinking, oh, surely if I send this message, that somebody will pop up and score. <laughs> I think that's I think that happened at Villa when we played Villa a few about a month ago, and then um, am I, I was. I got to got to the ninety third minute, and um, I was I was actually work, was working Sunday, so I was looking after the kids. So I think one of the kids had chatted me in, or something had happened, and I, I wasn't watching. Uh, did I realised that we got a corner, but I, I didn't watch the corner, um, and I kind of went in the front room thinking, "Oh, it's finished now, and yeah, it doesn't really make any difference." So I didn't even know that Allison had scored until about a couple of minutes after he'd actually scored, and then I che- I just happened to check my phone. And, and saw there was a goal. Thought it was a, thought it was the other game that I think was on at the same time. And it just said Allison ninety plus four, and I was like, "Eh, he plays in net." And then I managed to uh, see a clip of it, and then obviously see that he'd scored and was just absolutely. I don't think I've I don't think I've shouted so loud. I think the last time I screamed that loud was when uh, Coutinho scored against City in two thousand and thirteen or whatever it was. I don't remember celebrating a goal quite as much as that um, for for that long. Um, it was just, it was just incredible, and it, I, for, for it to have happened to Alisson with everything that's gone on this season and all of the um, things that have happened back in Brazil, it was, it was, it, it was nice that we've. He has gone through a tough some, time, hasn't he, Alisson? We've had something to cheer about. So, yeah, to be fair to him, he has gone through a tough time because at, at one point he was sporting just a mustache, which is yeah. obviously a, a bad life <laughs> choice, and he's gone through that terrible time in his life. So, <laughs> it's good to see he's what? come through the other side and got something to. Well, he's had to play behind. He's had to play behind Nat Phillips and, and Reese Williams for the last <laughs> four games, and also he's had quite a lot to deal with. Yeah, well, I mean, there must have been a period of time where pretty much every match he was just before kickoff going to introduce himself to whoever was playing centre half that day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sunday league style. What's your name? <laughs> I mean, the one thing that's been the one. If thing you get books, Nat, you're called Virgil. <laughs> <laughs> just tell Mike Riley you're Virgil. <laughs> the um, the one thing that has got lost in, in all this, and I, I mean, the, the job isn't done yet, and I am quite cautious about. Uh, all right, we're, we are fourth now for the first time, I think, since early February. Um, but there is a long way to go, and it would only be it would be very Spurs like for them to just get hammered eight nil on the on the last game of the season again um, with Leicester. Um, that both Liverpool centre halves that they signed in January are now both injured again. So these these two literally are the with the, with the exception of Fabinho, these two are the only centre half that Liverpool currently have, unless we're going to play the seventeen year old lad that's on that's sat on the bench. So is it the one from Preston? Has he been playing? What's he called? No. So whenever he's whenever they've kind of whenever he's been on the bench that he could play, um, they've obviously he's obviously not played. I don't think he was fit enough for the bench on Sunday. Uh, I don't think he was fit enough for the bench last night. Um, Says he's just rubbish. No, he's just been injured. So, like, when <laughs> so when Liverpool have actually done quite well because I think in the last in the last twelve games we've got twenty seven points. So I think we've I think we've lost a couple of games, drawn a couple of games, and won eight. So whenever we've whenever whenever we've had an issue at, at centre half, um, he's not been able to play, which is why I think Reese Williams played um, when Kabak was injured um, before the game before we played. United. Um, so Reese Williams came in for that game and then stayed in and obviously played against United and then has just stayed in the team. So he's not needed to rotate him. And, and, but he, he, he then was injured again. 
So I think the the, the way that he stayed in for the the, the United game, um, he was injured. I don't even know if he, I don't even know if he's going to be fit for Sunday. But now that Nat, well, now that uh, Nat Phillips and Reece Williams have played these games together, I don't I don't think he'd change it anyway. I don't think he'd change it. But Kabak's out for the season. I think. Well, I say for the season. Been <laughs> yeah. out, out, out for two weeks. So. He won't Can you think be. We'll that, will that be made permanent? That move? I don't. I don't think it will be. No. I think that the. I think how well Nat Phillips has done, um, and I think they've got their eye on this. This the centre half from Leipzig, which looks, which I'd be surprised if it doesn't get done, um, with like some of the Liverpool journalists that are talking about some of the reliable Liverpool journalists that, that are talking about him, um, that Phillips would end up being what the, the fifth choice centre half. Next season, and even even if it, even if it's not the fifth choice centre half, I think he'd play in the cup games. I think he'd get, I think he'd potentially get games, and they'd rest um, the other centre halves. I think there'd be more rotation next season. I think even Van Dijk will get rotated next season, um, coming back off the injury that he's probably going to come off. So there'll be two more chances for them to play. Um, but if, if you've got, I mean, if you've got five centre halves, I mean, dare I even begin to say that? Why would you spend eighteen million pound on signing a sixth? But I mean, roll on February next year, and I might be saying something, something very, <laughs> very different. Uh, I hope I'm not. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I don't think the Quebec thing will be um, permanent. I also there was also talk that the Leipzig want to buy him, and um, so he will go to Leipzig as Liverpool sign. Obviously, the centre half from Leipzig. So I, I'm not quite sure if it's all shakes and nods and winks. And if you give us this guy, you've got on loan, and you don't take the option. So what's the um, so what's the what's the situation in the league table then? So we, we, everyone's got one game to play. So everyone's got one game to play. Chelsea are on 67 points um, and have a goal difference, I think, of plus 23. Um, we have uh, 66 yep. points, have a goal difference of 24. And Leicester have 66 points and have a goal difference of 20. So I think that Chelsea are away at Villa. Um, Leicester are at home to Tottenham. Um, and we are at home to Crystal Palace, who before all of this, uh, before the game against Burnley, before this 68 um, match and beaten run, they were the last. They were the team that beat us at Anfield, and I think they're the team that's taken the most points off us at Anfield in the last five Hob- seasons. Hodgson's last ever game as well. Yeah. Special, Hodgson's special reason to try hard. Ben Ben Teke up front, back in the goals. Um, although he might not play, I think he's, he came off with an injury against against. Um, uh, Arsenal, so I, I don't know if he'll, if he'll make the, the the game on Sunday, but yeah, it's just pretty much written in the in the stars for Ben Teke to come and score a couple and Roy Hodgson to get the last How, laugh. And say say you get top four, Cheddar. Yeah, and so say the top four ends up being City, United, Chelsea, Liverpool. How pissed off are you as a Leicester City fan if you miss out again by going fifth? I mean, sure, uh, they're just so happy to have won the FA Cup. Yeah, I think less ha- le- less happy if they didn't win the FA Cup. Um, I think the game on Saturday, I think the, the FA Cup just took it. I, did, I didn't watch the game on, on, on Tuesday, the, the Chelsea-Leicester game, but it didn't. It sounded like that Chelsea had booked their ideas up and almost knew that um, they really, really needed to win that game. I mean, it's not certain yet. I mean, I mean the, the one thing about this is, is the round of games that are coming up. I mean, Villa's not going to be an easy opponent for anybody. Um, and I know that Chelsea have obviously got the, the Champions League final in, in, in 12 days or whenever it is, uh, or nine days. Um, and the, But they're probably not going to rest players. But it, it, it's, it's still not going to be easy. Villa are still a, a decent enough side. Um, and then it's what Spurs 
side shows up, is it going to be Kane's last game for for Spurs? Is he going to want to um, try and do the best that he the, the best that he absolutely can? Um, if Leicester play like they played the other night, then it could it could be anything. But I think the big thing is that Chelsea need to win a draw. I don't a draw won't be enough. So if Chelsea end up do if Chelsea do end up drawing and both Liverpool and Leicester win, um, and Chelsea will be out. So the fact that they've um, the fact that they've on, they're only one point ahead. All right, they are one point ahead and they're currently third, but they're definitely not. I wouldn't say that they were they were absolutely comfortable. Um, and Spurs are, are going to. I mean, Spurs are going to want to finish above Arsenal. And if Spurs don't win at the weekend, then Arsenal finishing above them is is a is a very big possibility. So I'm pretty sure that that Spurs aren't going to want that um, before the end before the end of the season. So I don't know. It makes it it makes it really interesting. But I almost feel this season's been so cruel already that. Um, it's the hope. It's the hope that kills you. And knowing that um, we're finally back in the top four, and um, we've got one game to go, and it's at home in front of the fans. That it would just be Liverpool season to a T that um, we don't win the game at home um, in front of the fans, and, and and we end up playing. I think I think the, I think the, the worst that we can do is fifth. I think um, just from a goal difference point of view. So we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, from where we from where we were, I mean, from early March, wherever it whenever it was before this twelve game run kind of happened, the hammering at City, um, the defeats at home to Burnley and Brighton and City and Everton and just the you know this twelve game run that you talk about, Jesus. Yeah. Did this, did this all coincide with Fabinho move back into midfield? Or? <laughs> no, because he's only won six. He's, he's, I think he's won whenever he get one last six games or something like that. He's only six games he's played in midfield. So, just seems it's, it's definitely it's obviously, it's obviously worked. And and the thing that the thing is, we're not play, I, even the game. Even the game last night, we we didn't. I don't think we played particularly well. Chris Wood had a chance after about ten minutes. Um, Hal Robson Carnu, I mean, a man that's not scored for four years. Has to score again. Has to be the one that scores against Liverpool. Um, could have had a hat trick in the first half at, at West Brom. So I think we've, I think we've rode our luck a little bit um, over the last few weeks. But I mean, you cannot, you can, for everything that's happened this season, we we just have, we just have to try and get the best and um, and try and score as many goals as we can and keep them out. However, we managed to keep them out. So. Um, so yes, yeah, so hopefully it all goes well on, on on Sunday. But I think it's I think somebody said it's the papers have said it's like fifty eight million pound difference between us playing in the Europa League to us playing in the Champions League. So it's a it's a fair old chunk of change that um, we could really do with. And I suppose it will alleviate anybody's fears that some of the some of the bigger players might actually want to leave. I, I don't think that will happen. Um, but when you're sixty million short, are we sixty million pound less than potentially what you could be? It's a it's a slippery slope to once you're out of the Champions League of getting back in there again. So, especially if a Chelsea go and sign Kane, um, or everybody's pretty much going to improve. Um, so I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I'd like to think that we've we've done enough over the last hour many games to get to get in. But it, it'd be incredibly cruel on Leicester. You have to feel that. Um, 66 points last season. I think 66. No, they got 63 last year. I think it was because they obviously. I think they got beat in the last day of the season, didn't they? Did you did you well, play Leicester on the last day? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was Leicester last game. We watched it in that pub, didn't we? And uh, yeah. Jesse Lingard scored. Oh yeah, because someone had a bet that Jesse Lingard wouldn't score or assist the goal yeah. all season. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and then 60, 67, probably, no, 67 might not be enough. 69 looks like it'll be enough. So um, Leicester have had a better season, but again, the, the results over the last um, the last few games have not been uh, have not been great, and, and they've let us back in. So um, we shall uh, we shall wait and see. I tell you, I mean, just on the flip side, from a United point of view, literal dead rubber. Like, there is nothing to play for in that game. <laughs> no, yeah. It, it, well, you might as well just call it off. Like United might as well just say we'll give you the points, and we'll just rest the players for the Europa League final. And the trouble is because I I think it's because of like they're still sort of in bubbles and stuff. So you can't just like you can't just play all the kids. You have to play like the people that are in the bubble. That's why you know we've seen quite a few dead rubber matches for United recently. But it's still the bench is still quite stacked because they've got the twenty players in the squad. So you can't just be like oh Bruno well, well, Pogba, you well, you just have you... the night off. Well, what would you do heading into the Europa League final? Would you play a strong squad thinking we'll try and build momentum, get a good performance under our belt against Wolves and then go from there? Or would you go, we're going to rest people and hopefully pull it out of the bag? Oh, rest people. Well, well, I think Fernandez to turn an ankle or... I don't know. I maybe place... I, 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 I'm just looking at our form. Last, we've drawn, won, lost, lost, drawn. I think we kind of need a win, to be honest. Just to get a bit of oomph back in things. I mean, the 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 draw against Fulham was dire, to be honest. If it wasn't with the Cavani goal, it was a terrible, terrible game. I just think we maybe might be worth just going hell for leather for forty-five minutes, trying to get a few goals, and then resting people after that. But it'd be interesting. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, the season's going to be over. I mean, we've got the Euros to look forward to, but I don't know. It just feels like it feels a bit strange. It feels a bit strange not knowing that there's going to be well, saying any football. I think what is it? It's going to be a week, and then there's the European finals, and then the the Euros start. What three weeks after that? No, it'll be less than that. What? It's two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, it's not far off. You'll have to um, you'll have to start rehearsing your arguments why you think. Trent is a better player than. Well, we did. Uh, we didn't. Well, we will probably touch on this a bit more, but I don't think he's going to change. There's a lot. There's lots of the um, in the build-up to the um, game yesterday. I think there's Monday a lot of talk on Monday and Tuesday that Trent won't be going. That even with a 26-man squad, that he won't get. He, he's not. He's not managed to um, force his way into Southgate's plans, and it'll be. It was. It'll be a bit of a surprise if he if he ends up changing his mind. So. Do we know when he's going to announce the squad? Is that well? Scotland have done theirs, haven't they? So yeah. I don't know if he's waiting. Well, Scott, the Scottish season's finished, I suppose. So I think so. Unless he's but then I, I also think it's not that actually big a pool of players to announce from Scotland, is there? That are international. Well, I say international yeah. quality, but decent quality. No, but I think the Holland. I think because Holland have announced theirs as well, because Van Dijk's not going, but the Holland have finished their season. So I don't know if it's just something to do with the fact that the the with. with the when their um, when their leagues have finished because uh, Holland have finished their league, I think. So I think it must just be something to do with that, or whether it's an, a, a, just an FA agreement, a national FA agreement. I don't know. But this whole <laughs> 20, this whole twenty six man squad, I think, has just come about from you petitioning the FAs to allow three left backs to be picked. Well, you can, you can take, <laughs> hey, you could take six, couldn't you? 
He says, <laughs> said you can only take one extra left back. You could take three now. I don't think we got six left backs, have we? We've got six right backs. I yeah, mean, I'm happy, not... for, I'm happy for Trent to stay at home. I think, I think, I think I might become a Scotland supporter if, uh, if that happens. <laughs> I mean, Anderson might not make the squad. It might not be a Liverpool player in it. I mean, there might not be anything for me to support. What are we going to do then? I was listening to, to someone. Be... I was listening to Ali, Ali McCoy's talk about uh, the Scotland squad that's been picked, and he came up with two brilliant nicknames. He called John McGinn, John McGinniester, for life, <laughs> and then. Scott McTominaymar, he called him. <laughs> they were talking as if Scotland were going to win the Euros, the quality they had. But... Well, they just want to get out of the group, don't they? That's all, that's all they really want. You kind of think they'd have to, they'd probably have to, oh, I don't know, they might not necessarily have to draw with us to get out of the group. But I can't, who else is in our group? Czech Republic? Czech Republic Croatia. Oh, maybe they will have to. They will have to take some off us then to get out of the group. But three go out of most groups, don't they? So you, 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 oh, you know, yeah. If you get through, just like one win. But... Mm. You know, all, all to be discussed. It, that's another. Time. That's another podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the other big news then. Everyone got excited at the announcement of Anthony Joshua versus. Tyson Fury on August the 14th. Uh, I imagine, Simon, you were thinking, finally, we've waited a long time for this. I just, I, I was trying to avoid it, but I just started getting my hopes up. And uh, yeah, you know, there's been, they've been flirting for so long about when it's going to happen. It was Joe, it's been about to be announced for ages. And, and then Hearn, Hearn announced <laughs> it. Oh, did he? I thought it was. I thought they'd like Tyson Fury. I thought. I thought it was the the whole announcement thing. How it came out was just a bit of a. Yeah, it was no. a bit weird. Tyson Fury, uh, well, like an Instagram post where he was like, "Oh, I've just been on the phone to shake whatever he's been, whatever he's called of Saudi Arabia." I don't know how much time they spent talking about um, how to advance the cause of feminism, but they seem <laughs> to agree that the boxing that was going to happen. And um, but yeah, but then. Literally, what well, must have been a few days later, it comes out that Deontay Wilder, who had taken Tyson Fury to court because they had a two-fight deal signed um, before their second fight. So I suppose it would have been a three... Anyway. Uh, and so Fury owes him a rematch. Uh, Fury, for some reason, their lawyer seems to be very confident that this, they were going to be able to win in court and they weren't going to have to do it. But the court decided in the, in the side of Deontay Wilder and now he has to fight him, I think, before, basically, like, before sort of the end of August. Which is back, slap bang when Fury yeah. Joshua was going to be. So it's a I mess. Mean, uh, yeah. The other thing, um, which is telling that it probably won't go ahead, is the fact that whenever Eddie Hearn's been asked about the fight, he's been quite positive and upbeat and saying, yes, things are progressing, hasn't he? Whereas since it's all come out, he's, he's started mentioning... Uh, use it as a backup yeah. plan, which is kind of telling you where Eddie Earns actually thinking it's going to go that he, he has to arrange a different fight, basically. So it's so frustrating just the fact that, like you say, they've been talking and flirting about it for so long that it's always going to be announced and it's the next big fight that's going to happen. It feels like it's gone on for four or five years, like the build up to this. And then we, if, you think um, you're finally there, and then but within a week it's taken out from under you. 
Sam, and if I mean if if the worst was to happen to Fury and he did end up having to, well, I, I would I would assume he, he is going to have to fight Wilder in August, and he ends up losing. Will the the Joshua Fury fight probably will still happen, but it won't it won't quite be the same without the belts, will it? Yeah, I mean the trouble is they'll both of them are now going to get into the the sort of mandatory problem. So Joshua fought uh, in December against um, that Kubrick Pulev guy and won and got that mandatory out of the way. But you know Usyk is a mandatory challenger for one of his belts, and you know he has three belts. He's fought, he's only fought one mandatory in the last year. So I don't know who the mandatory is for the other belt, but they'll start demanding that he fights. So I mean that kind of this was sort of the window when it could happen. They'll they'll get they're going to get bogged down in this. Are they going to give up a belt or um, fight their mandatory situation again? I mean, I, in many ways, the logical thing to happen. Because I mean, this talk that they were both going to get paid like seventy five million each, wasn't it? Like there's like one hundred and fifty million pounds in the pot. Just give Wilder some money to step aside, and you sort of feel like. Well, Wilder's, Wilder said he won't step aside for less than twenty million. Hasn't yeah, he? I mean that's that's surely that's a negotiating tactic, isn't it? And you, know. I don't know. I think that, uh, to me, the heavyweight division is dominated by Fury, Wilder, and Joshua, isn't it? And they're the three that you think are really going to be deemed as world champions. So I think Wilder actually still considers himself in that elite category. And has convinced himself through the weight of his body armor that he wore on the ring walk to the Fury fight yeah. that he's still gonna he's still gonna beat Fury. So I, I think his ego is gonna get in the way of him actually accepting this step aside money. Whereas I think for the likes of I know you're saying that this was kind of the window where they had to fight it. I think like as a backup, Joshua will fight Usyk, um, but then forever the next the next mandatory is. I think they'd be happy to take a six, seven, eight, nine million pound pet. You know, I, I think they kind yeah. of go, well, you know what, actually, this is a this is a bigger payday than I'm going to actually get for just getting smacked around the ring. But, so, I think I, th- I think some other fighters might be more willing to take a, a some step aside money. So I think there might be a chance in the future, but but like you say, then there's the variable of what what if Wilder beats Fiora. And then that belt goes back to Wilder. Then it it's not a all British heavyweight fight that's going to unify the division, is it? And that takes away some of the specialness from it. And then Fiori would have actually lost the fight along with Joshua. Uh, so and, then, well, and there's a, ch- there's a chance Usyk could beat Joshua. I think that that wouldn't be a sort of walkover. That'd be like well, a quite a. That a was the other thing I was class. I was going to mention that in a little bit. That it's quite a dangerous fight for for Joshua. I mean, to me, the only the only thing for uh, with that Usyk's not a true heavyweight, is there? He's moved up to the heavyweight division, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So then, will he will his punching power be able to? I mean, obviously, Riz knocked Joshua down, and Joshua's been rattled before. But would would he be able, like? Has he come up against anyone with big punching power like AJ? In terms I don't know. Of- I think I think I think I think after that defeat to Ruiz, I think Joshua's lost a little. Well, he, he he's lost his invincibility. He's obviously been beaten, but that air of that Joshua will just go in there, and no matter what, he, he'll come out victorious. Whether it's a um, a points decision or whether or not he knocks them out, 
I think that it just gives everybody else a chance to go, well, actually, do you know what? He, he had a bad night against Ruiz first time round. There's no saying that that won't, that won't ever happen again. And as much as Joshua will say, I'll never make sure it happens again until there's no way he can guarantee that. So, I don't know. I think I, I think he's going to be a difficult <laughs> fight for him. Well, Wilder not want to fight. It's, well, as Wilder's not fought Joshua yet, has he? No. No. So, Surely that would be the fight that would happen. If, if whoever wins this fight in August, if it is going to be Fury against Wilder, surely that will be the fight then for December. Well, yeah, I, yeah but you know, I mean, I I just think that they will they'll find a price. So I think the problem is going to be I I think eventually Wilder will accept a, an amount of money to step aside. If he's then also sort of promised that you're sort of next in line and you get to fight the winner or something, and they'll be able to find a way through it. I think the problem is one thing that Joshua, the Joshua Eddie Hearn side of this argument, have been very clear, very keen to point out is that this has been a mess from Fury and Fury's advice. And Fury's advice, Fury's clearly been badly advised or top rank or whoever it was. They, they seem certain they were going to win this court case and they've now lost it. And I think as far as um, Joshua and Eddie Hearn are concerned, this money to pay off Wilder needs to come from Titan Fury's purse. I don't think they're prepared to pay half of whatever they have to pay Wilder. Yeah. And I could sort of see a situation where uh, Eddie Hearn and Anthony Joshua go, right, well, we still get 70 million. And if you have to pay... You know, 50, 10, 15, 20 million to Wilder, that's coming out of Tyson Fury's purse. And he'll refuse that and he'll say, no, we've got to split it 50 50. And that'll probably end up being sort of the next big drama that, that eventually comes out of all this. So I presume from what you just said, then, Simon, you're blaming Fury for the fight not happening. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, he had this agreement with Wilder that he was going to fight him again. And, and I sort of feel a bit like, you know, Fury's not fought for ages. He fought a bit of a... He, I think he fought once last year against a nobody in a sort of keep-busy fight. You know, yeah, because he went loads of rounds, didn't he, with someone? Yeah. Like, for, like uh, pretty much just to the point to get rounds under his belt again. But yeah. No, he could have he knocked him out at any point, but chose not to. Whereas, you know, Joshua did fight Kubrat Pulev last December, um, probably for sort of one of his lower purses in front of a smaller crowd at Wembley. But he was very clear that he was kind of doing that so he could get his mandatory out of the way so he was clear for this year. And I, I just feel like there was a lot of time for Tyson Fury to do the same thing. If it, I mean, look, he's clearly been told that they were going to win this court case and he didn't have to fight Wilder. But now surely, they have... Surely if you sign a contract that says you need to fight somebody twice, you have to fight somebody twice. Unless you pay him a lot of money to go, well, I don't need to fight you again. I'm going to buy you, buy you out of this contract. Well, yeah. What happened was they set a date and then Wilder pulled out with an injury. Ah, I see. And I think the Fury, Team Fury was convinced that that meant that, that there was like a sign. And they just seemed to think there was some sort of time limit on this. And that the fact it hadn't happened within 12 months meant that they could move on. But clearly that isn't the case. Do you, uh, I think this is just, because uh, I think of throughout this whole saga that it's always been, although Fury has been the one making the biggest noise about what's been happening, I think that's all smoke and mirrors and 
I think maybe Fury's a bit worried about fighting. Like, I know he's got this massive ego, but I think maybe he is a bit worried about fighting Joshua in terms of what could happen. Because, like, look, Joshua's not as good as technical boxer as Fury, but he's a better technical boxer than Wilder, I would say. Yes or no? Yeah, 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 I agree, yeah. So then do you think, and then Fury, uh, Joshua's probably got the punching, similar punching power to Wilder. And if, I th- I don't, I just don't know if Fury's a little bit worried and it's all smoke and mirrors. I, I say I really want the fight, but then. I don't, I don't know if we've ever talked about this. Who do you actually think would win that fight? The t- the Fury, Joshua fight? Uh, it, it, well, who I'd want would, to win it because I can't stand Fury is Joshua. I don't know if he would because I just think Fury's really awkward to fight. My brothers are con- my brothers are absolutely convinced that Fury will beat Joshua. One absolutely one hundred percent. No no um, no qualms. No what ifs. No no ifs or buts. That Fury will absolutely will definitely beat him. Not necessarily knock him out as Fury thinks that he will do, but he will absolutely they will, that Joshua won't not will not have a chance. But he will, they don't think he'd win. That he would absolutely, big, he would definitely lose. The big dotters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he would you well, go for Simon? I, I mean, I wouldn't be as confident as that, but I've always felt that when it came to it, I, I think I've always fancied Fury would be is the is the best of the the Fury Wilder Joshua trio. But I was just sort of looking forward to finding out. I'm, I'm not very confident either way, and I think Joshua has definitely been improving in the last sort of eighteen months. Whereas, you know, Fury probably was at his peak in that second Wilder fight. And so in many ways, I've always actually felt Fury's best place to try and fight Joshua as soon as possible. I know the longer he gives Joshua, the better he's going to be. Yeah, the more more class opponents he comes up against and the more, yeah, the more styles he fights, yeah, the the better he's going to be actually trying to work things out, yeah. It's it's just really frustrating. I I, I agree with you, you know, Fury and Billy Joe Saunders are two people. You hear them talk, and they very much talk a bit you now, like anytime, any day, anytime, anywhere, I'll fight anyone. The reality is they're very, you know, they like to have everything. You know, Billy Joe Saunders nearly pulled out of that Canelo fight because the ring wasn't going to be the right size. I mean, if you're a yeah. true warrior, you're not, you know, you're, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not, you're not, yeah, if you think you're going to, if you're the best in the world, you could take anyone anywhere at any time. No matter what, you don't need to go. Well, the ring's three foot smaller than I thought <laughs> yeah. it would be, and that three foot's <laughs> really. You don't yeah. need those kind of advantages. You just you just step in and go and do it, don't you? And this is what I've always thought about Fury. He says the things that catch the attention, and he knows how to play the the media uh, very very well. And he's always been really good at it. And I think he, I'm not saying he's conned people into thinking he he is an incredibly good. Like he's very very good at boxing and he's he, like he, he probably is technically the best boxer out of them all but I just think he's, he is a little bit worried because why Why would like you say if he's prepared to take anyone on at any time why would you not have just this should have been this should have been the easiest fight to negotiate in the world shouldn't it, it should have gone, yeah, I mean, we'll he talks it. about being a man of the people and you know all about the fans and stuff. the fans are quite clear in what they want they want, they want, to watch they want this fight yeah. and they, they don't want to fly to Saudi Arabia to do it <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah, it really, really, really winds me up. I just think I, you, you, the, my, my worry is you're in danger of being a, a Mayweather Pacquiao kind of situation, aren't you? Where it's three, four years past when it should have happened. 
Yeah. And you, you watch it because you think, well, I've wanted this to happen, but you're not actually, it doesn't tell you anything at the time because you just think, well, it's like if Kel Brook and Amir Khan got in, like that was a five, six years ago fight, wasn't it? It's not a, it's not a fight that happens now, but you still stick it on because you think, well, we'll give it, been so, give it. so much boxing give it. that happens between now and then, between when they could, might actually fight, that it might not actually mean anything anymore. I'll give it a couple of years and Tyson Fury will be fighting one of the, what is it, one of the Paul brothers, Logan Paul or Jake Paul. <laughs> well, maybe brother, the, one that was on, um, the brother that was on um, Love Island, he's trying to get a fight against one of those uh, one of those uh, YouTubers. Oh, is it Tommy? Tommy Fury. Tommy Fury, yeah. Yeah. It's... Oh, I'll tell you what, another, so I don't, do you follow Tyson Fury on Instagram? No. So he's been in Vegas recently. With, he, he went over with Canelo, he, didn't he? Uh, yeah, and he, well, so he's been training in Vegas, and he went over to. Um, it might have been in Mexico that Canelo fight, but he, he was there that week with Billy Joe Saunders. But he's got his. He's had his son with him, Prince, who I think is ten. Um, and they've been going to that lad needs a bedtime because they've been going. Let <laughs> me doing all sorts. Staying up way too late. I I don't I go out of my I don't have children, and I go out of my way to try and not judge parents. You know, I think it, it must be a very hard job. I've never been in that situation. You know, you must have to just you know try and find a way to get through some days. But I I just think he needs a bit of discipline in his life. This prince, life. I think it's a very real danger him going off the rails. I don't think he respects authority. <laughs> oh, I mean, he's got such a good role model in Tyson Fury. To look up to, hasn't it? He's in nightclubs, tops off. You know, like, what's going on here? He's <laughs> <laughs> in the back yeah. of the cars, flicking the V sign on on Instagram uh, stories. Wow! It, it all it all reminds me of Ross. Do you remember a few years ago when Billy Joe Saunders fought and his son punched his opponent? Oh uh, yes. yeah, in the in the crotch the night before. Yeah. And then that was a shoddy uh, apology the next day. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Well, it's the 21st of June, and um, I've got to stay at my mum's, then I'm... I'm... <laughs> I have to go, I've got to go out. I need to go out. Really, you're coming with... You're coming with... <laughs> Just stick him, stick him on your shoulders, and wear a big trench coat. Yeah, <laughs> he can. He'll get served at the bar. Like, he can go on your shoulders and get served at the bar easier. I mean, so what? What was the what was the last boxing you watched then, Simon? Because we not spoke about boxing for a while. Was it the Saunders fight? Um. Oh, I didn't watch it. Did you got up to watch it? Didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. It was probably the last thing I would have watched. Probably, probably would have been. Um, well, in fact, okay. I watched Boatsy last weekend, and before that, uh, David Chisora, yeah. Uh, sorry, Derek Chisora against Josh and Parker. The, and Katie Taylor. And Katie Taylor, and that lad from Presswich against uh, Matthew Atten. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I tell you what gets me with the Billy Joe Saunders fight, because Canelo. Uh, says that as soon as he threw that punch and hit Saunders, he said he knew he broke his cheekbone, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. 
And then what gets me is if I knew I'd hit someone so hard that I knew I'd broke the cheekbone, I don't think I'd have it in me to keep smacking that one eye. Whereas Canelo keeps attacking. I know you've got to do it in boxing to win, but I mean, that's a... That's a part of your mind I don't think I could find, to be honest. Are you... Are you a big fan of Billy Joe Saunders Ross? No, I was quite pleased when he lost. Uh, so if you if you were stood over, so bear in mind how the, the how the fight how the lead up to the fight went, and you were stood in the ring, you just delivered one of probably the hardest punches you've ever thrown to break to break another man's cheekbone, even though you you currently wearing gloves, and you think, oh, and maybe I'll just I remember what he said to me before the fight. Oh, maybe I'll keep going again. Maybe I'll maybe I'll keep trying to hit him in that eye. Well, I yeah, know. no, it's just a. But imagine punching someone and feeling the face just caving in oh, around well, I mean, your hand. Simon, you must have had a very similar experience when you've when you've hit that cricket ball in the middle of the bat and it flies <laughs> off. You know it's going for six. And I thought you were going to say when I when I punched the punch back there. <laughs> when, when it's split in two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, incredible. When when that clearance that you hit, you go. That's going straight out for a throw in that one. You you know as soon as it leaves your foot, you know where it's going. No, I very rarely know when I kick a football where it's going. It could go anywhere. I tell I tell you what was weird though. What I had got used to watching boxing before the uh, Saunders Canelo fight. Um, the the understated ring walks because there's no fans, and then all of a sudden, ring walks became this ten minute full-on show again, didn't it? Which I <laughs> yeah. found very straight. I thought, I've, I've not missed this. Like, some of them just go on too long. The, the Mexican dancing from Canelo was a, was a little bit too much. I don't even think Canelo knew what to do, really. He was kind of looking around at everyone, thinking, do I go now, do I not? But Did it, either of you watch, um, just talking about fans in stadiums, did either of you two watch the FA Cup final at the weekend? You find, you, have you found this like the last few days being a bit weird watching football with fans in the stadium again? Oh, I've enjoyed it. I mean, I was—I wouldn't say I was emotional, but when Leicester won in in front of all the fans, and thought it was brilliant. I've kind of—I I think I messaged this, didn't I? Saying like, in a weird way, I've kind of grow to like the fact that you can hear the chat that goes on on the pitch and the amount of videos you see like are made up of compilations of like yeah. what pe- what people say to each other and it's quite an insight yeah. like it's an insight you don't normally get like without some lip read and then you've got a question who the lip reader is and blah 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 whereas this you can actually hear it and it's quite I mean they don't say much more than what I say on the Sunday League pitch to be honest but it's just I just find it fascinating and you do kind of lose that So, it, but at the same time the ironic cheers of when someone misses a pass, or you've missed that as well at the same time. So, yeah, it was, it was. I mean, what a goal from Yuri Thielman. So, what if you're gonna, yeah. if you're gonna hit anything to win a win an FA Cup final? It was very. I thought. I thought was it the Di Matteo goal he scored against Middlesbrough? It was after about thirty seconds as well. I don't know if that was. I don't know if Chelsea won that game one 0 or, but it just reminded me of that goal. Yeah. And to be honest, like for the, the F, just thinking about the FA Cup final, from a Leicester fan's point of view, you got to see Wes Morgan back on a pitch in an FA Cup final. You got the owner down, Jamie Vardy, who obviously is loved down there, not so much in Berra. Um, <laughs> but 
it, like it kind of like the whole the whole the whole story around the winning of the FA Cup. There wasn't much more you could have added to it that would have made it any more special, could you? Really? No, I don't think everything to do with the owner and I mean, it, I mean, in essence, what Leicester have what won the league and the FA Cup in in the last what two thousand and fifteen was it? In the last six years, well, apparently in the last ten years, they've they've like won the championship, got promoted, they flirted with relegation, had great survival, then they've won the Premier League, now they've won the FA Cup. So, like in terms of a club to follow over ten the, years, won the League Cup as well. Well, it was ninety five they won the League Cup or something like that. When when Robbie when Robbie Savage played, so I'm sure that was they they yeah, what, I mean, is it? Yeah, Muzzy is it? So they've done they've, they've, uh, for 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 a, 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 for for the club. It's just it's just been in obviously they've they've, they've they haven't been in the Premier League for the last twenty twenty odd years or whatever it was since since ninety five. But um, to pick to have won the three major trophies and to have had a run in the Champions League as well. Um, yeah, if you're a Leicester fan under the age of twenty, you've got a lot of disappointment ahead of you, haven't you? Because you must now think this is what it's like. Well, that's at what, some that's... point they'll re- they'll return to their average. That's what my life as United fan's been. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I grew up thinking this this was it year <laughs> after year after year. Oh, what a terrible season! We finished third and only made the quarterfinals of the Champions League. <laughs> You're joking. That that was prime disappointment. How you, you couldn't feel a low any any bigger than that at the time. <laughs> Now I've had to sit through Mourinho and Van Gaal football. Bloody hell. Yeah. And it, it's, it, normally, what, I think when we come to the end of the show, we just end. But pre-COVID times, when we did the radio show, we'd always have a chat. Has anyone got any big plans for the weekend? And now things are opening back up. We can actually ask that question again. We can. So, yeah, well, you, given you brought it up, I, uh, what are your plans for the weekend, Ross? Well, so tomorrow night, this is a Thursday night, so Friday night, I have to uh, stay at school till 7 o'clock. I think it's right. To write our school development plan, and then I'm going out to the pub. So it'll be one of the first times I've spent a decent amount of time inside a pub for a long time, which would be nice. I mean, how hard is that seven o'clock? Is there a chance that could be done by, if you really crack on, think you'll have it done by six? I mean, I, I, if I was running things, I've seen the, I've seen the programme. I think there's half an hour that could be cut out here and there, but I'm not in charge ultimately. So I imagine, I imagine we'll be there till seven. You just need to go around saying, don't ask any questions. Ask any, ask, yeah. ask any questions you find the first round. First person to ask a question by his first round. Well, is that the thing where you, you used to stay a night in a hotel? Yes. And basically well, just get really, really hammered and then wake up the next day when I have to do a load of work extremely hungover. <laughs> but is yeah. that now scaled back? Is that not... Is the hotel well, time... No, so we've done... We've not done hotel time. We've done uh, Zoom meetings in school and then... So basically we're doing the Saturday morning work this Friday night. But we're still getting we're still getting outside caterers to come and cook us a meal. <laughs> no idea why. <laughs> well, I suppose it, I suppose for the development of the school doing it before beer, it's got to be better than doing it after beer, surely. Oh yeah, but no, uh, there's only me and one other lad going out for a beer. 
That's the thing. Oh, right. Okay. It's not like it's a whole... It's not like yeah, every senior leader at school is going out. <laughs> We've just decided to make this kind of semi-bearable. We're going to go out afterwards. <laughs> so, <laughs> Anyone else doing anything? No, I'm working Saturday, Sunday. And I'm, I'm actually working tomorrow. I hadn't realised I was working tomorrow. And then Blinda pointed it out to me earlier. Um, so <laughs> luckily she was more on top of my rope than I was. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing There's nothing worse than getting up in the morning and knowing that you should be in work and you've got like five minutes to get to work and you <laughs> literally just open your eyes. It hasn't, happened in, it hasn't happened in a few years, but no worse feeling than that. Or getting up and thinking you need to be in work and realising you've got the wrong day. The worst thing I've ever done in terms of that is like I've set my alarm and when I've had a big night and then my alarm's gone off and I've woke up and I thought, I feel all right here. And then I've quickly fell back asleep without pressing snooze or anything. <laughs> and then woke up and panicked massively that, oh shit, I've been working 10 minutes and I've still got, <laughs> I still stink of alcohol. But yeah. Anyway, I've enjoyed tonight the, the, the longer edition. Yeah. Yeah. Had a lot of short oh, ones recently. Bef- yeah, I think bef- I've been really. Working early, I'm the one that always has to uh, work early and then pro- makes you promise to do it in 40 minutes. But I've, in- I've enjoyed <laughs> relaxing out this evening. Um, I did, um, when I think one of us put in the group something about, about getting together and maybe going out. So I thought I would do a little bit of cheeky, um, see if we could get in the Lions Club on a Saturday. And it is fully oh. booked up for the, last, for the next nine weeks on a Saturday. You have to book to get in? You have to book to get in. You physically can't book to go into, into oh, the Liars well, Club. On um, yesterday, what, what if you what if you're a member of the Liars Club? Like <laughs> yeah, what if you team this club? Yesterday, we um, so we'd gone to refuge. Then we hadn't booked anywhere. After we th- well, you thought we'd just be able to saunter up to bars, and um, we w- we ended up going to that brick house social place. But when we tried to walk in there, and we couldn't get in. The guy was like, "Have you booked the table?" We we're like, "No." So then we, we couldn't get into Font, and then we couldn't get into... Um, oh, it was really nice. This the Zombie place. Shack? No, that, that that's still not open, I know. <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> we went to um, a place around the corner. Its names escaped me. I was angry at myself. It was really... Oh, Bunny, it's called Bunny Jackson or something. Oh, oh yeah. BJ's. Yeah. yeah, it's good in there. It's so really good, Temp- isn't it? Wings. Through- they're opening another one, Ross. Yeah, they're opening one in Northern Quarter, apparently, called like Junior Jacks or something. Yeah. Because it's owned by the same people who own Almost Famous. Is it? Oh, uh, yeah. It yes. that kind of vibe about it. So, anyway, we were all right. We try and get in there. It's like, no, you've got to join this queue. And while we're in the queue, Blinda like, just books a table at Brickhouse Social for like half an hour's time, just on, on a phone. But then this queue isn't going. So, we, we end up going to that Revs on Oxford Street. Just because we could get in, and we need, we need to sort of kill forty five minutes. What did you, um, did you get? A, did you get a flight of vodka shots just while you were? <laughs> we get we go in at five past nine. The, the waitress comes up and she says, "Well, first of all, she sort of takes to a table, like right in the middle." And I was like, I, "We were clearly the oldest people in there." And I was like, "Oh no, can we just sit in that corner one there?" I thought, you know, we let's <laughs> not draw attention to us. Yeah. <laughs> And she goes, oh, it was like two cocktails for a tenner until nine o'clock. It's like, well, you know, five past nine isn't the time to tell me that. <laughs> Look at what you could have won. Yeah, I'll just have a Peroni. Speaking of 
yeah, it was a weird play. I've not been in a Revs for ages. It was slightly surreal. But yeah. Yeah. But then we went to yeah. Brickhouse, though, so it was lovely. And then that Bunny Jackson, and it was really nice. Oh, well, that yeah. clearly had to be. I mean, from that was where we ended up after one of the England games. Was it the, was it the semi-final? I tell you what, Bunny Jackson's are big on uh, on the NFL. Yes. Because we did, we, I'm pretty sure that when we were sat there, we said we need to come watch the Super Bowl here and then. Covid happened, and then we couldn't do that. So maybe that's maybe that's next year. Yeah, Obviously, comes I'm not the, working the next day as well. One of the British games in there. Yeah, in the afternoon. Anyway, it's been lovely to chat. Yeah. Until next time. See you all soon. See you soon. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Three Thirds Mank, One Third Scouse podcast. Give it a like, give it a share, and let us know what you think on Twitter at Mank3. That's at M-A-N-C-T-H-R-E-E. And keep listening for more new podcasts every week.